0: Judges chapter 7, and we're going to start with verse 33. Verse 33 says, Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who were also gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and unto Zebulun, and unto Naphtali. And they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon the earth beside, then I shall know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so. For he rose up in the morning and thrust the fleece together and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto the God, Let not thy anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Turn with if you would. But just a moment here, just to catch one scripture over here in the book of Acts chapter 2. We just want to catch one quick scripture here. Acts chapter 2. I'll go ahead and start reading and I'll, I'll catch you up. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were in one accord in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, like as of fire, and upon each of them, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to preach this morning. And now I pray, God, for the next few minutes, Lord, may my words be your words, God. Take away all my own thoughts, O God. Hallelujah, that your word might go forth this morning. For you have spoken almighty God and you have spoken in our midst and you have touched hearts and you have touched lives and now God I pray Father God let me confirm Lord God what you have said and Lord God let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us every step of the way. Let your let hearts be open to hear God ears open to hear God and eyes open to see. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So Gideon was a a man, the, the Mennonites, the Amalekites, all those people, all those, all those ites had taken, and they had every time the Jewish crop was coming in, they would take the crop and they would destroy it. They were gathering up their cattle, all their food stuff. They would, they would, they would, and, and Gideon was back behind a wine press in a cave, beating out a living, if you would, getting trying to get enough food. And the angel of the Lord came to him and said, Behold, thy mighty man of God. Behold, thy mighty man of God. And Gideon said, if I'm so mighty, then why are we in such a mess? And God had to kind of work with Gideon and he, he told him, he said, look, I want you to do something to prove your faithfulness to me. I want you to go and destroy this, this grove, this, this idol that they built to Baal. So Gideon went out there and he destroyed that thing and he, he sacrificed uh, one of his father's bullocks and, and. The whole story all boils down to down here where God finally confirms to Gideon that he's going to use him in order to deliver Israel and and the Spirit of the Lord comes up on Gideon and he blew a trumpet and Abiezer was gathered unto him and I I want to talk just for a moment this morning, I want to catch that, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. I, I, I want to talk to you about that this morning because the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and you see, when we come to church, a lot of times we're content if the Spirit of the Lord just comes upon us. We're plenty happy just to experience God, to hear God's prophecies, to hear God's Word, to sit and hear a nice Sunday school lesson, to feel Holy Ghost goosebumps, to shed a few tears, to feel the power of God, and we're plenty happy just to experience that. And we think that that's good enough. And it's not bad. It is good. Amen? It's good to feel the presence of God. It's good to feel the anointing of God. It's good to shed a few tears. It's good to feel the power of God moving in your midst. It's good when someone prays for you to feel a confirmation of the Spirit. You see, that's what Gideon felt. He felt the confirmation of the Spirit. God had called him a mighty man of valor. He was convinced he was not. He said, I'm the least of the tribe, the smallest tribe in in all of Israel. And so God had to confirm to Gideon. He had to strengthen Gideon. And when he got Gideon to a point to where Gideon could believe God, not enough to believe that he actually could do something, then the Spirit of the Lord came up on Gideon. This coat this morning is going up on me. Right? This coat's up on me. And this coat's covering me. And this coat is, is shielding me, if you would. But but this coat is on me. And that's what the Holy Spirit did with Gideon. It came upon Gideon. It came upon Isaiah. It came upon Jeremiah. It came upon Ezekiel. It came upon Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, everyone. It came upon them. And we in the church today have been comfortable with the Holy Spirit simply coming upon us. thinking that that somehow that makes it right. But I I want to tell you that, that it's good to have the Spirit of God upon you. But I also want to let you know this morning that there's consequences to only having the Spirit upon you. The first thing we notice about Gideon, what did God tell him? You're a mighty man of valor. And then the Spirit of God confirmed it by coming upon him. But here, just a couple of days later, what do we find? Gideon blowing a trumpet and saying, Hey, gather, everybody gather around me. God's going to use this to, to free Israel. We're going to go against the Midianites and the Amalekites and we're going to free Israel. But then what do you see Gideon doing? Making a fleece. Oh, God, I know you spoke to me by an angel. I know you spoke to me by, by an angel. I know I felt the Spirit of God come upon me. But, but you know what, Lord? If you would, take this fleece and let the water just be on this fleece and let everything else be dry. And the next morning he gets up and what does he find? Water on the fleece, but nothing on the ground. I would think that would be enough. I mean, he's already seen an angel. He's already felt the Holy Spirit upon him. He's already seen a a sign of God. That should be enough, should it not? But what does he say? Did anybody read it? What did he say? Then he wants this to be dry and the ground to be wet. And what does God do? He makes this dry and the ground wet. You say, what is your point, pastor? What is your point? My point is this. When the Spirit of God is upon you, you may know what God's will is, but it only is working on your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the first time it doesn't work out like you think it ought to, or the first time you have the first bit of doubt in what God has said, then you start running and wanting more, more confirmations. I need to see another angel. An angel came and appeared to Samson's mother and said, your son's gonna be born. He's gonna be a Nazarite from the womb. All these kind of things. And then the, the Samson's mother goes and tells his dad, and he says, oh Lord, send that angel again. We need to talk to him again. And the angel comes back, and whenever the angel leaves, what is the, the dad says this. He says, oh, goodness, now we're going to die. Well, let me ask you something, biology majors. If God tells you you're going to have a child, is it likely that you're going to die before you have it? It's not likely. Not, not probable. Not probable. But when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, you're, you, you need constant confirmation, constant affirmation. And the first time anything goes wrong in your situation, you're convinced you haven't heard from God. You're convinced that everything is wrong. You're convinced you, you say things like, well, you know, if, if I'm in the will of God, then why am I having such a hard time? And the answer is because you're in the will of God. But we want God to confirm it. Oh, Lord, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll fast for a week, Lord God. I'll, I'll give up Facebook, God. I'll, I'll do anything if you'll just confirm that I'm in your will. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He's upon you. And you don't feel like you're saved unless you've got those feelings. I'm going to come up here. You don't feel like you're saved unless you have all those feelings. You don't feel like you're filled with the Holy Spirit unless you're feeling the goosebumps running. You don't feel like everything's good with you unless you feel like dancing or shouting. You don't feel you're running strictly off of your feelings and your emotions and the things that you experience. And I want to tell you, when the Holy Spirit is upon you, that's what you experience is, is you've got to have constant affirmation. When I was on the school board in Silsby, we built a special football stadium. I was so proud of it. It was built in a hill. You had stands in the hill. Oh, It was just, it was so, I was so proud of it. And, and we, 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 had, we bought a special kind of grass that was specifically designed to be used on football fields in southeast Texas. It was a hybrid grass it was it was it was so it was so new we had the newest latest greatest football stadium in the whole district I was so proud of that thing and they told us that this grass is self-recovering and you can go out there and plant on a Friday and then on a Monday it'll look fine because it grows so fast it does it's, it's, it's perfect field grass the only problem with it was it was a hybrid So a hybrid means it's something that doesn't naturally occur, right? And the problem was it had a root system that went about this deep. And so if the sun shone on it all day long and you couldn't keep the roots wet, then it started to die. So what do we have to do? We gotta keep sprinklers on the field in between football games, watering the grass. Watering the grass. Constantly going around there, watering the grass. You go by the football stadium, what do you see? Sprinklers going. Why? Because we've got to keep the grass watered. Oh, it's great grass. It works wonderful. You can play on it. You can roll on it. You can tear it up. It's beautiful. It stays green. It's gorgeous, but it's got to constantly be watered. Because what happens if you don't constantly water it? It dies. And if you just have the Spirit on you, then you've got to be constantly watered. If you've only got the spirit on you, then you've got to constantly be watered. You got to constantly have somebody telling you you're in the will of God. You got to constantly have a, a word from the Lord. You got to constantly feel things. You got to. You can't go any through any drought of the spirit. You can't go through any hardship because you don't have enough root. <laughs> I'm having fun. You don't have enough root. I said you don't have enough root to be able to take you through any place without being watered constantly. You're a hybrid. You're a hybrid. You're saved. You've experienced God. You know about the Holy Spirit. You enjoy being in a Pentecostal church. You enjoy the messages in tongues. You like what you feel. You like what you see. You you like when the Lord leads you and guides you. But the first time the sun comes out, you got to be watered because you only have the Holy Spirit on you. This coat, this coat is eventually going to have to go to a dry cleaner's. Or I could wash it in a washing machine, but it'll shrink. And I'm not shrinking, so we can't do that. But eventually, this coat has to go to a dry cleaners. Why? Because the coat will eventually get musty, it gets sweaty, it'll have stuff on it, and it's got to go to a dry cleaners to be refreshed and refurbished before it can be worn again. And if you're not careful, your life will be like that. You'll have the spirit on you. You're doing great things. You're attending Sunday school. You're going to, you're having, God's moving in. Your your prayer time is good. God's giving you confidence. But the first time something goes bad, the first time you get a little soil on you, the first time you have a little struggle, the first time it it doesn't go right, you're ready to take the coat off. (laughs) That's a pretty good analogy. Thank you, Lord. You're ready to take the coat off. My God, you're ready to take the coat off. You'd say, this isn't working for me, <laughs> Lord of God. This isn't working for me. I know it worked for Bo, but Bo doesn't wear a coat. And since Bo doesn't wear a coat, he don't have to have the same affirmations I have to have. And I want to tell you, it's because the Holy Spirit lives in Bo and not on Bo. It's because the Holy Spirit lives in Bo and not on Bo. Because if it's just living on you, then you've got to have somebody constantly petting you, touching you, praying for you, Minister to you. You got to have somebody constantly calling you on the phone, telling you it's going to be all right. Every time you get in a struggle, you're ready to quit church. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is simply on you, but not in you. God told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, He said, Don't you leave Jerusalem until you be filled with the Holy Ghost. Till you be filled with the Holy Ghost. He'll I'll give you power. I'll give you power. And it said when the day of Pentecost was fully come They were one mind and one accord and the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty running wind, mighty, mighty 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 rushing wind and Cloven tongues of fire set where? Where'd it set? Upon them They could have stopped right there Most of us would have we just said oh my word Did you hear that wind? Did you see that cloven tongues of fire on everybody? I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was in this place. And he was. He was. And they could have stopped right there and said, "Woo, we experienced the Holy Spirit. He came upon us. We felt the rushing mighty wind. We felt the cloven tongues of fire. We were in here one time. I don't know if you all remember this. This It's been a really long time ago. We were in here one time, and, and we passed out communion. And I couldn't tell you why. I've never seen a defective communion cup in my life. I've never seen one. But that particular morning, there was about four people in here, myself included, that as we held that communion cup, that communion juice ran down my hand. And there was about four people. And I looked at the cup. I didn't see a place in the cup. I didn't, see, I didn't see anything that made me think, oh, that's where it came out of. I, don't, I didn't see anything. I, I, I just saw the, the juice running down my hand and I knew I didn't spill it. And some people would have said, oh, that's the mighty power of God. Ooh, that's man alive. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. He's giving us a confirmation that he's in this house because that juice ran down my hand. Well, let me tell you something. I don't, know, I don't know what happened with the juice and I don't know what happened to the cup. I don't know. But this one thing I do know that even if juice ran down my hand, unless it somehow ministered to my heart, then it's just a phenomenon. It's just something that happened. It's just the coat that got put on. It's, it's, it's not anything to start saying, okay, look, we, every week now we're going to try to have juice outside of the cup running into people's hands because we know that the presence of the Lord is in the house if somebody's juice cup cracks and leaks. So we'll have people out there trying to turn that thing around so they can say, oh, look, it's running down my hand. The presence of the Lord is here. You think I'm silly, but I've been in church a long time. I've seen a lot of crazy things. We were in a revival one time. Let me just tell you this on an aside. We were in a revival one time and it was eight or nine weeks long. It was a long revival. And about three weeks into that thing, one night the evangelist took his coat off and he threw it on a guy. And you know, like Benny Hinn was doing it back in those days. So he threw it on a guy. And when he did, the guy fell out in the spirit. I mean, no catchers, no nothing. He just plopped right down on the ground. And we were all pretty amazed. And then the next night it happened again. And and then the next night somebody wanted the coat put on him. And then the next night people started standing in line waiting for the coat to get to them. Like there's some kind of power in the coat just wanting to feel the spirit on them nothing special about the coat nothing special about the event but it's just people wanting to be impressed with a phenomenon are you with me People wanting to feel something, to see something they've never seen before, to experience something. Oh, we heard the mighty rushing wind, cloven tongues of fire set upon us. This must have been what God was talking about. No, that was just the Spirit being upon them. And if they'd have left out then, the first time they put them up to the whipping post and put stripes across their back, they'd say, This must not be the will of God, because that's what we would have said. Am I right? Well, that can't be right. That's not the will of God. He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow me to be whipped like that. God loves me. He shook, the, he shook the prison where Paul and Silas was, did he not? Once. What happened the other five times Paul went to jail from being whipped? What happened the other three times when he was taken whipped with rods? What happened the, what happened the times whenever they laid 40 stripes on his back, save one? What happened those times? If you don't have the Spirit of the Lord living in you and simply living on you, then the first time you come into a struggle or a difficult circumstance or a difficult place, you'll decide that you're not in the will of God anymore and you'll walk away from what God's called you to. Why? Because you don't have the goosebumps, you don't have the feelings, you don't have the emotions, you don't have the support, you don't have somebody holding your your hands up and, and shaking your chin to try to make you feel better. There's no tears. I'm telling you, serving God goes through hard times. I'm telling you, serving God, you go through times of struggle. You go through times when the enemy comes against you. But the Lord says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. And that spirit's gotta be on the inside of you if it's gonna lift up a standard. If you simply got the spirit on you, like Gideon, if you read the rest of the story of Gideon, even the day, even the day before it happened. Even the day before he won, God had to send him down into that camp. He took another guy with him, and they had to sneak down there so that God could keep telling Gideon he was telling him the truth. He he changed, he, he wet a fleece, then he made the fleece dry, and then he had to continually confirm to Gideon, day after day after day, even up until the day he was gonna do it, that he was actually gonna do it. And if you don't have the spirit living in you, but you simply have the spirit living on you, you may look spiritual and you may be spiritual and the Holy Spirit may be all around you and I'm not saying you're less than I'm not saying anything like that you're just as saved you're just as able to be be used of God everything I'm saying about this is good there's nothing bad about it I'm just saying that in the New Testament God made a provision for us not to have just the Holy Spirit on us but God made provision for the Holy Spirit to be in us and when the Holy Spirit is in us then we have the mind of Christ and if we have the mind of Christ then no weapon formed against me will prosper and every tongue that rises up in judgment thou shalt condemn for this is the heritage of the saints and my righteousness is of them saith the Lord to those who have the Holy Spirit in them God told Martin he was going to heal him then he got shaken so bad couldn't do anything. Shaking so bad. So God takes him the next step. And he, and he meets a surgeon. And the surgeon's got a method. And they and they do the method. And it stops him for shaking. But then right after that, his gallbladder flares up. And he hasn't been out of the hospital from all the brain stuff for two weeks I think I don't think he'd been out that long and all of a sudden his gallbladders flared up and they come in there and the infection's so bad they said they're surprised he's not septic he scared me to death because I called him on the phone to pray with him before they did the surgery and he said I'll see you on the other side and when I hung the phone up I had a must have had a funny look on my face because Kathy said what's the matter I said he's told me he'd see me on the other side she said really you think he thinks he's gonna die I said, I don't know, but when somebody says, I'll see you on the other side, that always makes me a little nervous. He came through it okay, they removed his, they had to operate on him twice, they found a mass in there, now they're concerned he's got cancer, and when he comes out from that, he's been under antiseptic, so, a, antiseptic, not, a, not antiseptic, anesthesia, antiseptic, yeah, i got a high school education, give him that, from Overton. <laughs> we have to strike that, <laughs> He's been, <laughs> too, big, too, too many letters. He came, he, after, he's been under anesthesia so many times in a row, but now his, his, his mind is a little bit, little bit scrambled. He has a hard time speaking. I really thought this morning the Lord had me call him to pray. I thought the Lord was going to clear that up right there. I was praying, listening, thinking, oh, it's fixed to clear up. I know it's fixed to clear up. But it's better than it was. But if you talk to Martin this morning and you ask him, Martin, brother Martin, how you feel, you know what he'll tell you? God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I know I'm going to be good. I know I'm going to walk. I know I know this Parkinson's is going to be gone. I know I know. How do you know, brother Martin? Because he spoke to me and he gave me a promise. How why why can you keep going? You went through uh, you went through a surgery. You went through a gallbladder. They told you they thought you had a mass not too long ago. They told him he had stage three kidney cancer or something like that. I mean, continually health problem after health problem after health problem after health problem. But I want to let you know that the stage three kidney cancer is taken care of. I want to let you know the gallbladder's taken care of. I want to let you know everything else is taken care of, and now we're just dealing with a little disease called Parkinson's which God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly take care of according to the faith that we have in him. But my give God a hand. Amen. My point is... He's been able to walk the walk because the Holy Spirit lives in him and not just on him. He doesn't have to be watered. He doesn't have to be cared for because God burns in his soul. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you will prosper and you will be convinced. Paul said in Romans 8 Paul said in Romans 8 Who shall separate from who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword what's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Are you going to decide it's not worth serving God the first time you don't get your prayer answered like you want it to? If you do that, then the Spirit's simply on you and not in you. Are you, are you going to get upset the first time you go through a, a hard time? The first time that, that it doesn't look like God's come through. The first time you pray for something to happen and the opposite happens. The first time you're disappointed. Paul says, "I am persecuted, but not distressed. I am I am perplexed, but not in despair." He said, "I am I am cast down, but not destroyed." I I, I am. I, he bears about all these marks unto the glory of God because I'm telling you the Bible tells me plainly that in this world I'm going to have trouble Paul said that without persecution none of us are going to enter into the kingdom of God without tribulation and trials those things are going to come and if you don't know Jesus Christ and and have him living in you if you simply have the Holy Spirit on you you simply have him as part of you but he's not living in you then when the road gets rough and the trial gets hard and the situation goes the way that you thought it would not go and when everything falls apart and comes against you then you're going to falter and fail Gideon faltered and failed Gideon faltered and failed Gideon had a fleece before the Lord that was met Gideon was led by the Lord and he destroyed an army that was so great it was without number with 300 men who didn't even have a sword who only had a trumpet and a lamp who only had a trumpet and a lamp I would call that a pretty amazing battle if you can blow a horn and throw a lamp down and everybody runs you're pretty pretty tough you're pretty tough Gideon routed the Amalekites. He ran the Mennonites out of town. He, restored, he destroyed the, restored the worship of God back to Israel. But as soon as it's all said and done, as soon as the battle's won, as soon as the victory is being celebrated, as soon as God has, has wrought a mighty, powerful thing, what do you find Gideon doing? He took that coat off and he spread it on the ground. And he told the guys that he captured so much, so much good stuff. He said, put your golden earrings in here. And he took the golden earrings and he took the, the, big, the big medallions that were on the camels of the, of the Mennonites, Amalekites. He took the big golden medallions that were solid gold and he put them all inside that coat. And then he took that coat and he went and he melted it down and he made him a god. He made him a God to worship after the Lord took him through trial and trouble and ministered to him and lifted him up and gave him him everything he wanted. He gave him wives. He gave him sons. He had 70 sons. He gave him sons. He gave him lands. He gave him everything he wanted. And as soon as Gideon had everything that satisfied his lustful needs, he made a God out of the very thing that had caused Israel to fall. Why would you do that? Because the Holy Spirit was on him. There is nothing more dangerous. Listen to me very closely right here, because this is the Holy Spirit impressed me with this on the way up here, and I think this whole thing has been to get to this point. There is nothing more dangerous, nothing more dangerous to a Christian than being in a church where the Spirit of the Lord is moving. Because whenever you feel the power of God like you felt it this morning, when you hear the prophecies of God like you heard them this morning, when the Holy Spirit has tingled you and excited you and you felt the presence of God like you have this morning and all of your needs are met and everything is good, this morning I was on my way to church and I saw some people sitting on their back porch this morning at 9.30 that I used to go to church with And they were in their night clothes, if you would. They were obviously not, not fixing to get dressed to go to church. They were there. They waved at us as we went by, as we drove on. And I thought, nothing more dangerous, nothing more dangerous than having the Spirit of the Lord on you, having all your needs met, and somehow beginning to think it doesn't matter. Samson. Samson was a man who had the Spirit of God on him? All he had to do was shake himself, and he was stronger than any man, and he was more powerful, and he had a godly. He, he threw a. He, he threw a thousand men with the with the jawbone of a donkey. I'm a. You think how many's in here this morning? Maybe 125. Maybe 100. We'll say 100. I don't know how many's here but you consider 10 times this number coming at me and all I got to fight you with is a jawbone. And you figured the provision and the, the protection of God. Samson was constantly being protected by God. Samson was constantly being strengthened by God. And all he had to do was shake himself and the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he did mighty exploits. The spirit of the Lord came where? Upon him. And he started frequenting prostitutes. He took a woman, a lamb, to go see her. He didn't do that because he just wanted to leave a gift. He started frequenting prostitutes and hanging out with women that he had no business being with. But every time he shook himself, guess what? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He's with Delilah. He's with the woman that's going to cause his death. He's with her. She's asking question after question of where your strength comes from. He won't tell her at first, but then she starts to cry. Oh, my word. There's nothing worse than a crying woman. My word. She cried and cried and whined. And, oh, she upset him so till he finally told her the source of his strength. She had his hair cut. And the Bible said what? Gideon awakened from he was sleeping on her lap. He was sleeping on her lap, and the Bible says that she awakened Samson, and she said, the Philistines are upon you, and the Bible says what? He got up and shook himself and didn't realize what? That the Spirit of the Lord was no longer upon him. Willful carelessness, willful carelessness will put you in a position that you no longer realize that the Spirit of the Lord is not on you anymore. You'll start to think and everything happens by chance. You'll start singing the song of, well, my luck's just run out. Maybe you're in a wrong place. Maybe you've lost the spirit of the Lord. But when the spirit of the Lord's living in you, (laughs) when he walks with you, when he talks with you, When he leads you, when he guides you, when he comforts you, when he's opening the word of God to you, when he's directing your prayer language and directing your prayer life, when the spirit of the Lord lives within you, listen to me, when the spirit of the Lord lives within you, then the first time that you tell a little white lie that you didn't think was going to matter to nobody, the first time you tell that, you'll feel that Holy Spirit smite you in the heart and you'll weep and cry like you shot your best friend. Because you felt that spirit that lives in you as He convicts you, as He works through your conscience, and you begin to feel the power of God as He begins to deal with you. And you can't say ugly things to your wife if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can't be mean to your husband if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can't be a rebellious teenager if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can't do those things. You can't do them. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord lives within you. And whenever the Holy Spirit starts to move, then there's something inside of you that wants to get involved in that. Why? Because it's a kindred spirit with those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you'll do it or bust. You won't have to be constantly watered. You won't have to be constantly affirmed. You won't always, if you know what God's will is, you're going to go there. And if, even if they tell you, you're going to die when you get there, you're going to load up and go anyway. C.T. Studd, you may have never heard his name. C.T. Studd was the best rugby player in England. Not rugby, Cricket best cricket player in England at the turn of of the last in the 1800s. At the turn of that century, C.T. Studd was the best. He was the most highest paid. He came from a very wealthy family, and he was the highest paid cricket player in England. But, But he went to a revival service after the Day of Pentecost happened there in Azusa Street. He went to a revival service in England, and God got a hold of his heart. And C.T. Studd received a $100,000 inheritance in 1906. $100,000. I don't know what that equates to in today's money, but it was a ton. And C.T. T. Studd and his wife sat up all night writing out checks to give that money to missions. They didn't keep a penny of it. They gave up their inheritances. He gave up his cricket career. He went to become a missionary in India. He stayed in India most of his life. His wife died. He came back to England. And once he got back to England, he felt the Lord's calling to go to the Congo. His children said, Daddy, don't go to the Congo. They kill missionaries down there. If you go down there, they're going to kill you. Daddy, don't go to the Congo. And you know what C.T. Studd told them? C.T. Studd said, may my... May my grave plot simply be a path for missionaries who follow me to bring the word of God to the Congo. He shipped all of his earthly belongings to the Congo in his casket. Oh, he was out of the will of God. Because if he was in the will of God, then he would have went down there and had a great revival and everybody would have known his name and he'd have built a big edifice and everything would have been great. So he went out of there out of the will of God. No, he didn't. He just didn't have to have that constant affirmation because he knew what God had called him to do. The Holy Spirit lived within him and not simply upon him. Could I get the praise team to come back for just a moment? And while they're coming back, Kathy gave me a list of things I am supposed to say, and I forgot one of them. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at First Assembly in Silsby, we're going to have an event down there called Pack the House. It's an event for missions. We're asking all the Nature's Valley churches to bring their congregations. So tomorrow night at seven o'clock, if you would make your way down to Silsby to first assembly right there on the highway. And let's enjoy the presence of the Lord as the nature's Valley section body. And let's pack the house for mission. Stand with me. If you would, Kathy also said she needs finger food so you can get with her after church and see what that needs to be. I want to challenge you this morning. I, and if nobody comes down here, that's, that's fine with me. It's okay. I want to challenge you this morning. And I want to say that the Holy Spirit is simply up on you. And you, you, may have, you may have spoken tongues one time or two times or ten times. But that Holy Spirit has to be constantly, constantly filled up. And if you don't constantly keep it moving, then it's, it, it ends up on you and not in you. And I simply want to ask you this morning. As, as I've been preaching, do, do, you, do, you, do you feel that the Holy Spirit is just on you this morning? Or do you feel the Holy Spirit in you? I want us to leave hide here today with the Holy Spirit in us, not just on us. Heavenly Father, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, God, would touch our souls and touch our hearts, Father. Lord God, I, had, I have delivered your word that you gave me, Father God, and I thank you for that today, God. And now I pray, Almighty God, let your Holy Spirit, Father, complete the work that you began this morning, Lord God. Do your, do your business, Holy Spirit. Do your business, God. Yes. Hallelujah. Do your business, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, that we wouldn't be satisfied with just the Holy Spirit on us. But God, we'd like the fire shut up in our bones, burning in our innermost being, oh God. Lord God, to where no matter what weapon is formed against us, Lord God, it doesn't prosper because the fire of God burns within us, oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This morning as I've been preaching, if you've seen yourself and know that the Holy Spirit today is simply on you, but not in you, and you'd like to have the Holy Spirit in you, then I want to invite you to come and stand across the front here as Mike leads us in the song. Jesus.
1: Before I spoke a word you were singing, oh,
0: hallelujah just lift your hands with me for just a moment and just begin to worship God and if you're comfortable do it i want you just begin to pray in the holy spirit would you do that with me this morning come on just begin to worship God hallelujah thank you for your presence in this house god thank you for your holy spirit lord God that's moving in our midst oh god thank you that you're bringing healing lord god thank you that you're bringing deliverance lord God thank you that you're bringing power lord god thank you that you're bringing anointing lord God thank you that the glory of the lord is filling hearts and minds and souls right now God thank you that you're bringing in filling God thank you Lord God for the energizing power of the glory of the Son of God hallelujah praise your name Holy Spirit glory to God glory to God glory to God hallelujah 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 glory to God glory to God Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, receive whatever you've been looking for. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance. Receive your power. Receive your anointing. Receive your blessing. Receive what you've been seeking God for. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah! Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I am more than a conqueror. Oh, hallelujah. Because he lives on the inside of me, glory to God. And whatever the devil brings against me or whatever my flesh brings against me, it brings from the outside. But within me, there's a power burning. Oh, there's a spirit churning. There's an anointing that's, that's moving in my soul. Hallelujah. And though God slay me, yet I'll trust him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 I hope you're feeling what I'm feeling. I sure do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My God. Hallelujah. 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 I'm I'm trying to dismiss, but I feel like I'd really be messing up. Let's sing. Let's sing one more song before we go here. One more. Let's just one more song. If you need to go, God bless you. Be back tonight, at six o'clock. Our youth have the service tonight. They'll be singing and ministering and doing the things that they do. But if you want to stay for just a minute, let's worship God for just a moment longer. Then I'll let you go.
1: You yeah. the spirit.
0: Father, thank you for your presence, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity you've given us today, O oh God, to be filled up, Lord God, with the power of God to where he lives within us and not simply with upon us, O oh God. And now, Father, I pray, rest our bodies, Lord God, bring us back tonight at the appointed hour and anoint our teenagers, Lord God, as they worship you and praise you, O oh God, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you tonight. 6 o'clock.